When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another fall Saturday, another tale of two halves for the Ohio State Buckeyes as they end up cruising in the fourth quarter to a 35-16 to win over the Rutgers Scarlet Knights here in uh, rather warm Piscataway on a November yeah. afternoon. The 40-year vet Tim May, he's here. Andy Backstrom on site as well as me, Spencer Holbrook. We are here in SHI Stadium uh, after Ohio State 35. Rutgers 16 and Andy I'm gonna switch it up and start with you what was your first thought oh man <laughs> what was your opening thought I'll get to you Tim I promise after 35 16 Ohio State and hearing from Ryan Day and the rest of the Buckeyes well I know Tim wants to talk about this but you can't start with anything but Josh Proctor and Jordan Hancock because that was the turning point in this game really with Josh Proctor snuffing out a pass they leaked out the running back and Josh Proctor was right there to break it up force a deflection Jordan Hancock had the tip drill interception, took it 93 yards back, had a great block from Sonny Styles, yep. drew a penalty in the process, and that was the turning point because it was 9-7 to at that point. Rutgers was up driving with the ball to start the second half, and you felt like that's when momentum finally shifted a little bit towards Ohio State's way. The offense got a little bit revitalized, and from that point forward, there was a little bit more of a relief for this Ohio State team. Rutgers was leading the number one team in the country, at least in the college football playoff initial rankings, <laughs> nine to seven at the half. It clearly was a tale of two halves. The interesting thing was Ohio State had one possession in what, the first? Eight uh, minutes. Eight minutes of the second half, and it scored two touchdowns. Yep. That's the way That's the way big time teams, and I, I'm just saying it, big time teams find a way, man, one way or the other. The uh, deflection, Josh, Jordan Hancock return for the touchdown, and Ohio State puts a drive together and goes up uh, 14 points on because uh, it was going to be a battle of the second half, and uh, Ohio State won the battle of the second half. Now you got to figure out, man, like uh, like Ryan Day was talking about, they were playing two high safeties, they were playing a little bit of cloud coverage over the top on the edges and stuff like this, and uh, trying to take away Marvin Harrison Jr. and uh, whoever else roamed kind of in the backside of the. Uh, uh, of the uh, defensive secondary, and Ohio State was just hamstrung. Cal McCord, yeah, he completed a lot of passes, uh, but he missed a, he missed several passes. It would have changed that game and threw that interception. That would have wow. that drive. They had something going on that drive because they finally just remembered they have the number one receiver threat in the country, Marvin Harrison Jr. on the roster, and he's just like everything could go wrong went wrong. But you got to give it up to this team. They came out in the second half and took care of business. I mean that Ty Hamilton stop on the fourth down where uh, Wimsett stepped up, avoiding a rush, and then Ty Hamilton's exactly where he's supposed to be and flattens him on a fourth and, was that fourth and goal? I can't remember. But they, yes. But, but yes. Fourth and goal, but Rutgers going for it in the second half. That was a huge play. This this game had a lot of huge defensive plays. It'll kind of like, kind of like uh, fade into the, into the background as the season goes on. But well, uh, hey, 35-16 on the road against Rutgers, a team that you knew was going to play these guys tough from the start. We talked about that, and it happened, but you still found a way to beat them by 19. Let's talk about the cavalcade of errors in the first half that led to a good second half for I didn't State. mean to talk that long, by the way. That's okay, Tim. That's okay. We're all here for fun. 
uh, and for work, of course. Uh, so you've got a 11 for 11 start by Kyle McCord. Then Julian Fleming drops a pass. Okay, no harm, no foul. Well, then a wild G. Scott appears, who already has a touchdown to his name in that in his pocket, and then he drops a pass that hit him directly in the hands. He's going to be. I'm sure he's going to be thinking about that one. He said he only thinks about the next game, but they're going to watch that on film, and he's going to want that one back. Uh, then you have the uh, horrendous, and I mean horrendous, horrendous. Special teams gaffe by Ohio State. Yet another one uh, in this long season, the comedy of errors from the special teams unit. Uh, with the fake punt, a miscommunication that simply can't happen, gives Rutgers a free field goal. Uh, and that it was, wasn't supposed to be a fake punt, according to yeah, Ryan Day was Ryan Day. Ryan Day was not happy about that. He was that. clipped. He was he not happy about that after clipped. the game. And I, I don't know what they're going to do with special teams. Uh, but so you have the drop, which leads to the punt, because it would have been first down instead of that. Then it leads to a punt. Then it leads to the... Terrible fake punt, not fake punt, whatever you want to call it. Rutgers gets a field goal off of that. Then you throw an interception. Rutgers gets a field goal off of that. It's 9-7, to seven, and you think, wow, this Ohio State team looks bad right now. But then the second half, I guess they find a way, Andy. But these first halves, I don't know when they're going to catch up to Ohio State, but it, it just can't be like this. Absolutely not. Yeah, I mean, it just it needs to be fixed special teams-wise, offensively. We keep talking about it. I mean, I thought this would be a week that they would break out. Me too. Offensively, they did not. And it just feels like the same story every week. Uh, there were different guys that stepped up this week, though. Jermaine Matthews started for Denzel Burke. There's still no timeline of when they'll get Denzel Burke back. Of course, he played last week, didn't play this week. He sensed there was some kind of setback because he's not playing today. And, and there was no answer about when he'd return. Lathan Ransom, same thing. No timetable for his return either. Yeah, right. So you had Jermaine Matthews stepping up. You also had Malik Hartford ending up stepping up at points because you had Josh Proctor out at part of this game. Um, and On then, his deflection, I mean, he got knocked out and yeah. briefly. Right, and then Cade uh, Stover didn't play either. So he was technically available, but they didn't play him, so we saw a lot of G. Scott. And then we also saw some Patrick Gerd, who was a preferred, uh, preferred walk-on here yeah. and stepped up kind of in this role. He's with, been with, playing a little bit, though, yeah, the last several been, weeks, too. but yeah. minimal tight end death right now, and I think that's noteworthy to point yeah. out. And uh, maybe y'all mentioned it, maybe it just went, because I got a thousand thoughts in my brain. Have we said Travion Henderson yet? No, but I was about to bring him up because okay. we talked I mean, about the – oh, my the, goodness, two, two weeks in a row. Go we ahead. talk about the, again, the cavalcade of errors that, that arrived on Ohio State's doorstep here in the first half. And then in the second half, the Buckeyes didn't really do anything different other than just execute. And I don't know if it was errors in the first half that they weren't making the same errors in the second half. It, it's like they just execute better in the third and fourth quarter, and I can't explain it, and nobody really can explain it. They're trying to get it figured out. I don't really know how you, you do that, though, because when Kyle McCord was good in the first half, the other guys seemed to kind of step back. When Kyle McCord was iffy in the, late in the second quarter, you saw some other guys. Then in the thir third and fourth quarter, it all comes together. You have Travion Henderson goes off in the second half, makes a brilliant play down the sideline here on a 65-yard uh, catch and almost touchdown run, and then uh, the Buckeyes punch it in. You have Trevion on a nine-yard touchdown run, finally get some red zone offense. Kyle McCord lobs two up to, to uh, Marvin Harrison Jr., two red zone touchdowns. You haven't been getting those. I think they all I think all four of their offensive touchdowns came in the red zone today. Yeah. Uh, so that's a good sign. So, like, you're starting to get some things figured out, and gosh, this offense changes, Tim, when Trevion's in the game. Well, absolutely. It looks faster. I mean, it looks like there's a threat to score anytime he's got the ball in his hands, even when he gets stoned for no gain. <laughs> yeah. Because, man, is he hitting the hole hard. And, you know, uh, I was asking him about that. Just does he, does he, does, what does he feel like he kind of brings to the table? And, of course, you know, he's pretty humble in those kind of questions. And you know, you kind of know the answer you're going to get, but you still ask anyway, right? For yeah. some 
for sure. some reason on my part. But, you know, of course, <laughs> he thinks the Lord and everybody else. And, in fact, you know, he should be thinking his two feet because his two feet are healthy. And he's running for one of another term very fast. <laughs> yeah. And uh, uh, there is no doubt what he has brought. And I was talking with, brought to the offense. I was talking to Cal McCord. He was leaving the stadium a while ago. And, uh, you know, if they can ever get the passing game to catch up with this, this running game is, has caught some fire. I'm telling you, defensively now, and, I, and, and conversely offensively, it is hard to stack run after run after run because teams, teams guess right sometimes, they guess wrong sometimes. I'm talking about defensively. And uh, so that's why you still got to be throwing the ball on occasion. But boy, when they guess wrong or get it wrong, Defensively, Travion Henderson makes them pay. Yeah, and they, you saw it last week against Wisconsin. You saw it this week against Rutgers. You almost had a double double, hundred yards. You know, mm -hmm. more than the 100 daily yards. double, Tim. Yeah, the daily double. I call it the yeah the the double double. Yeah, the daily double. <laughs> well, a double double. Nah, yeah. Hold but you know, but but he almost had the daily double of hundred yards rushing and hundred yards passing, really close or receiving, really close. I think he fell just short receiving. He but, did. But, oh, my goodness, what a weapon to be coming online like we talked about last week in the last month of the season. Yeah, 80 receiving yards for Travion Henderson, 128 yards rushing on 22 attempts. I'm not looking at my phone for other things. I'm just checking stats. Uh, Kyle McCord, over 70% passing, a buck 89, three touchdowns, the one bad interception. Um, but he starts the day 11 of 11. He finishes pretty strong with those two throws to, to Marvin Harrison. And the offense started to get rolling. All things considered, in the second half, you probably leave this – thinking the offense took a step forward, especially in those last 30 minutes, Andy. But it, it just seems like two steps forward, but one step back with this offense. And, and you just don't know. But Climbing there's, the there's, sand hill. are climbing a sand hill. There's almost that 32 button you're going to start to be able to push, Andy. It just seems inevitable with Travion. Yeah, 32 and 18 every game. They, they, they change it, right? Yeah. And it's a, the 65-yard. Travion Henderson went from being a safety valve on that pass to being the game changer. And he just really took it and just went off. And, I think everyone in the press box kind of turned their head as that was happening. And I think that what's interesting about this offense is Kyle McCord, as you mentioned, starts 11 of 11, which he actually set a school record for consecutive completions, surpassing uh, C.J. Stroud because at the end of the Wisconsin game, he was 7 of 7. So that's like game over to game. Mm -hmm. So that's just a weird thing. That, like Kyle McCord at times gets in a rhythm, but even when he was doing that, he was averaging like six yards per attempt. Like it wasn't the, – The 7 of 7 was for 50 yards. Right. Yeah. yeah. It was and, bad. It was and, not – so Explosive. basically, like, yes, you can get them in a rhythm, and that's what they've been trying to do early in games. But even that didn't feel super satisfying watching this offense because there weren't chunk plays like you were accustomed to seeing yeah. earlier in the year. And so it just feels like, you know, when they're, he's struggling with accuracy, they're trying to find a rhythm. But then when he has a rhythm, they're not moving the ball and pushing it downfield as much as they were before. And so, yeah, they take one thing, they give another thing back, and it just feels like this passing offense now. And Tim made a good point, like this rushing offense is actually coming along, but it's almost hard to see that because we're all so fixated on how the passing it, offense yeah. has taken a step back. It's coming along when it needs to, late in game. I mean, in the second half of games where they're kind of wearing people out. And uh, whether you continue can continue with that mode, you know, we'll see. I mean, I've believe me, I've seen teams, I saw the 2002 team just figure out ways to win, keep winning, in some of the craziest of ways and goes on and wins a national championship. I still claim that this defense is championship worthy. Yeah, they gave up their customary one touchdown drive today. Right? And a lot on the ground. They gave up a lot on the ground. You know why? Because their quarterback would rather run than throw. Uh, they gave up a lot on the ground. They gave up one touchdown and three field goals. You should be able to win those games, and they did again. Uh, but 
But this offense has got to get things figured out. And, you know, it's really odd, though, because when you start analyzing the offense, you know there were a couple plays there, a drop here and then a drop there that would have kept things going. There's nothing you can do about that. They dropped the ball. You move on to fight another possession. Yeah. But this defense, going back to the defense, Rutgers' first three possessions were all three and outs. And Ohio State scored seven points in that round, in that run. Yep. You got to be better in that when your defense is playing its rear end off. I would agree with that. This defense continues to show it can win games for Ohio State. They still didn't have their best stuff today. I would say this. I would say this is the worst the defense has played all year, giving up that much on the ground. And it still ends up with a touchdown. It ends up with uh, some really good numbers in the passing game. I know Gavin Wimpson's not a great passer. It ends up with some really key playmakers doing some really good things. And you didn't have two, your two starting safeties for a lot of that stretch. So it's not a bad time to play your worst game for the Ohio State defense. And you can definitely learn a lot from that. I would, yeah, I'll take that out gained, right? Yeah, for yeah. sure. And I, I just think that this defense – you know, it, it finds its way and it finds its groove and it's, it gives up a lot on the ground one game, but it's not, that doesn't break this defense like it would have the last couple of years. And I, I think that's, there's something to be said for that, Andy. Yeah, I think this team picks each other up in different parts of the game, different parts of the season. And yeah, this defense has had to kind of carry recently in moments. And I think that, you know, maybe it's that the offense eventually clicks at a point where you don't think it ever will. And then it does and picks mm -hmm. up the defense. And yep. I think as Tim mentioned, like that's what championship teams do. So. What we'll have to see as we go forward is if an Ohio State defense has a rough day, can this offense catch up? And I think that's all we're trying to figure out yeah. what they can do. Yeah, I mean, it, that moment comes sooner or later yep. for any team where you, you lean, you lean, you lean, and then all of a sudden you yep. fall over. Now can your part do the, do the part? And uh, it, they're going to be tested one way or the other. We know that. We know at the end of the month they're going to get tested on both sides of the ball. Uh, and uh, – you know, you just, like you said, I think Spence, you know, or, and maybe Andy too, you just expected, I expected a little cleaner, more efficient offensive performance today, and it didn't happen. Now, though. In the first half. Now, though, fellas, folks, the Buckeyes get to finally go back home. It's been two straight weeks on the road, two long road trips, to be honest, for the longest road trips of the year. Eight hours, I know they're flying, but it's a long way to Wisconsin. It's a long way to Rutgers. They just did them on back-to-back -back weeks, and they're probably the most banged up they've been. So all things considered, Ohio State will take a 19-point win here at the birthplace of college football, Piscataway, New Jersey, to 40-year vet Tim May. He's heading back to Columbus, Ohio for the Monday after Ohio State 35, Rutgers 16. If you don't know, we filmed that on Mondays. Uh, Andy Backstrom, he'll be there as well. I'll be back in Columbus starting tomorrow. We'll get back to work. But You've been warned. <laughs> you have been warned we're, we're coming, Columbus. Uh, Michigan State on deck, then Minnesota, and then I don't even have to tell you what's on deck after that. Hey, did Michigan State hang on? Or I do not know. Once the Buckeyes started. I didn't mean to ask and, and us not knowing the answer. But I uh, don't know. Okay. They played Nebraska. Tell us in the comments. We'll know by then, but you can still tell us. That's fine. Uh, so we've got Minnesota, Michigan State, Michigan State, Minnesota, and then the game. That team up north, the rivalry game on November 25th, Letterman Row will have full coverage of that. Go get that for $1 through all of that. And now it even gets you through the Big Ten Championship game because, hey, I think all three of us think the Buckeyes have a pretty ask, good chance of getting there. Yeah, i got to ask one question before we go. Uh, Michigan got rid of Connor Stallions. He resigned. Oh, we're not doing this right now, are we? Supposedly. didn't talk to any other investigators. Uh, is the book closed? No. Absolutely not. We'll talk about that on Anybody Monday, Anybody who Tim. doesn't understand what, ha what went on there, yeah, but I want to let people know on Saturday afternoon, that book is not closed. No. And by the way, I don't think uh, 
the way I understand it, my source is telling me Ryan Day's family had nothing to do with this uh, revelation. And uh, you can take that for what it's worth. There you have it, folks. The 40-year vet has stamped that out uh, like a fire. At the birthplace of college football, um, years and years after Rutgers invented the sport, Ohio State taught them how to play today. 35-16, Tim May, the 40-year vet, Andy Backstrom, that's me, Spencer Holbrook. We're heading to lettermonroe.com to get all that work up there. Again, $1 for one month, you can get our work. We'll see you guys over there on the Letterman Lounge message board, and we'll see you back in Columbus on Monday. For now, we're going to get to work in Piscataway.